please. And open your Bibles in Matthew chapter 28, verse 7. The kids are dismissed. If you come to the front, kids, because Mrs. Barbosa can't really walk that much. We were playing wrestling in the house, and I did my elbow thing. And she... <laughs> I am just kidding. <laughs> so senseless as guys, right? <laughs> okay. Matthew 28, let's look at verse 7 and 8. <laughs> uh, let's look here, verse 7 and 8. The Bible says, And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you unto Galilee, and they shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. Verse 8 and says, And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy, and did run to bring, uh, to bring his disciples' word. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Lord, it's not a Christmas verse, so to speak, but Lord, from the cradle to the cross. The Jesus of Bethlehem is the Jesus of Calvary. May we understand that, may the world understand that, that Christmas is not about us, it's about you. The celebration is not a us, celebration is towards you, it's your birthday, Lord. May we remember that in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, I don't know about you, uh, some people hate Christmas, <laughs> for whatever reason. I mean, a lot of bad things happen to people, and all of us, in different times of the year, but some people, I have people have told me, I don't like Christmas. All right. I said, Christmas is not about you, it's about God. It's not about events that happen in our lives. You know, we always have uh, times of the year on which we, something that marked us. And every time we go to that date, you know, whatever it is, we, you know, and uh, we don't like it. Uh, we want to forget. Uh, and so, unfortunately, some bad stuff happened to people like Christmas time, but but Christmas is a wonderful time of the year, regardless of what we went through. So I don't know about you, but uh, Christmas is my favorite time of the year. I'm a summer guy, okay, all right? Okay, don't misunderstand. I'm a summer. I love the heat, all right? I love that 90-degree weather. Uh, I don't mind the snow. I just don't like the shovel snow. <laughs> it's not my favorite, all right? I don't care about snow blowers, trucks. I don't care about anything. I just like it. I, you know, my daughter says to me, Dad, maybe you should put some heating cords in your driveway. And, uh, and you know, when before the snow, just I say, yeah, it's a lot of money wasted, like just going up in the air. Uh, so we have to clean the driveway. And my driveway is kind of long. <laughs> so I, I don't mind the snow. I don't mind cold weather. You just bound for it. It's not my favor. But I just don't like shovel. Some people like the shovel snow. I don't know. And a guy who works with me said, that's a workout. I said, when you finish in your house, come work out of my driveway. That will be fine. <laughs> so, but anyway, is it my favorite time. I love the time of Christmas uh, from the decorations to the lights, uh, the special activities that goes on, uh, church activities from friends and family, and you know, all the stuff that goes on. I just love this time of the year. It's kind of warm. It's kind of, you know, makes you... In the, in, I think makes you to, to me, it makes me think about God even more. I don't know about you. So Christmas is a time to give more than a time to receive. You follow that? Jesus came to give, not to receive, even though he got gifts. But we know we kind of imitate that. We know we give because, you know, 
The Magi, gave, I mean, Jesus gave us salvation, uh, and uh, we received too because Jesus received gifts. There's nothing wrong with gifts, as long as you don't forget what the season is about, okay? It is time to remember the greatest gift that God has given to us, Jesus Christ. It is the time to remember God's goodness to the human race. It is the time to remember that God cares, that God loves, and that God keeps His promises, Sad to say, but Christmas for some people is not a joyful time of the year, but a sad time. Like I said, for some, Christ, for some Christians, it's marked with events that bring sadness and that breaks their hearts. But I believe that if the season we focus only on the unspeakable gift of God, we can really enjoy Christmas even though we might have some sadness. Because Christmas is not about you. Christmas is not about me. Christmas is a celebration. The Savior have come, as He promised. Christmas is not about gifts. Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is the time of the year when we concentrate on the advent of our Messiah. He came as He promised. God became flesh and dwell among us in a person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if you talk with somebody that says that Jesus is not God, you know, try to correct them or just say, okay, I'm not going to waste my time with you because He is our Messiah. He is our Emmanuel. He is God in the flesh. So Christmas is that time when Jesus Christ came to visit us and dwell among us. So Matthew begins his gospel account by reminding us that Jesus was God with us. Matthew 1.23. So Matthew, look what it says. Behold a virgin shall be with child, and they shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So, but if the gospel of Matthew begins with a heavenly announcement from the angels of the Lord, let us never forget that the gospel ends the same way. In Matthew 28, eight, uh, uh, 6 says, He is not here, for he is risen. And as he said, come and see the place where the Lord laid. Hey, listen, the baby of the Bethlehem grew up. And he grew up to go to Calvary's cross. Listen, if Jesus never went to Calvary's cross, we wouldn't be celebrating Christmas. You follow that? The reason we celebrate Christmas is because Jesus went to Calvary. You follow that? Otherwise, it would be just another one that was born in Bethlehem, just many, like many other babies. But Jesus was a unique baby because he went to the cross, and there he paid for our sin, my sin, and your sin. May we never forget that the one who hung on the cross was God Almighty. He shed his blood for me and you. The gospel, the same gospel that began with the wise men rejoicing over the star in the sky, Ends with a woman or the woman rejoicing over the empty tomb, Matthew 28, 8. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with great fear and joy and did run to bring his, as disciples word it says, with fear and great joy. You follow that? Joy, it's an inner joy that God puts there. Not that with the world, they understood. The baby Jesus, the Messiah, our master and king, rose from the dead. As he promised. All right. Because I'm looking at Bible doctrines, not Bible doctrines, but world religions, there's not a single lead of any religion that ever rose from the dead. Amen. Not one. So I take my chances with Jesus. Okay? 
So while that is true, that Christmas is that time when Christ came to earth, let us never forget that Matthew ends his account by telling us that Jesus is with us always, even into the end of the world. Matthew 28, 20. And he ends with, Amen. If Christmas reminds us that Jesus came, Easter reminds us that Jesus is still here. Although it was necessary for Christ to leave, John chapter 14, verse 2 and 4, there's a sense in which He came and He never left. Matthew 13, 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. With all this, let's look at several truths this morning about this wonderful message. And my title to you this morning is Jesus, the centerpiece of Christmas. All right? Number one, we have a message to share this Christmas. We have a message. Listen, the message of Christmas is not about you. <laughs> it's not about me. You're not about, oh, look at my new clothes, my new sneakers. It's all good. It's all good. Don't get me wrong. But the message is not that. You know, though Christmas is wonderful, people go to the stores, they buy this, they buy that. We think about this person, that person, that person. We're like, I gotta give him a gift. And we go on. Some people actually, you ever see people in the store like sweating? Like, they, like pouring sweat. And you go, I like Christmas Eve. Love Christmas Eve. You know why? Because I like to go to the store and see people really panicking. <laughs> last year, last year a lady came to me and she said, oh dear, oh, do you need help? I said, no, ma'am, I don't need help. Well, you look a little lost. I said, I'm not lost. <laughs> she thought I was one of those that I was panicking too. I just like to go see that commotion thing, you know. Ooh, it was almost midnight. We're going to buy the gifts. No, listen, Christmas is not about us, even though we, you know, listen, is anything wrong giving somebody a gift at Christmas time? No. Is anything wrong receiving a gift at Christmas time? Listen, if you don't like your gift, bring it to me. I'll open for you, and I take it. I'm <laughs> just kidding. But anyway, so Jesus, the number one, Jesus' birth was never meant to keep to be kept a secret. Jesus, Jesus' birth was prophesied by the prophets of all, anticipated by the by his people, and announced by angels. Jesus' birth is the greatest gift ever given to the human race. If you're not saved online or here, let me tell you this: this Christmas. Better than a car, better than a bike, better than a new sneakers, better than a new suit, a new shirt, a new pair of pants, better than whatever you're going to get is the gift of salvation. That's the greatest gift, never gets old. It will transform you for the better. The message of Christmas is a message that every human being needs to hear. Besides all the presents and all the festivities, Mankind needs salvation. That is the message of Christmas. Salvation came in the name of Jesus and is available to all people of all races, of all languages, of all kinds. Now keep in mind that the baby of Bethlehem came with a message to give to the world. A message of salvation, a message of peace, a message of reconciliation. And listen to this, a message of hope. And that's our point there, letter A, a message proclaimed by the shepherds. Look what it says. Go to Luke chapter 2, verse 16. I have the verses here. I just want you to go there so you can see. These seem like we look at these passages. These verses are only at Christmas time. We'll look at this. And uh, Luke uh, 2, 16, it says, And they came, who they? The shepherds, with haste. Mean, they came running out of, the, out of the hills of Bethlehem. They came with haste, the Bible says, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in the lying in a manger, uh, and it says, And when they, they had seen it, they made known abroad 
the saying which was told them concerning this child. Listen, it started in the hills of Bethlehem where they saw angels told them, go see. They came see. And with the angels in our lane to them, they saw it. And they were so excited, they went and told others about it. Let me tell you this. I don't know about you. I just never lost the excitement. I'm still excited about telling people about Jesus. I led one to Christ yesterday. What a blast. To see somebody get saved. Listen, in 2023, people still can receive Jesus as personal Savior. Listen, we think we're too smart. We think we're too sophisticated. Let me put it this way. I was thinking, the Lord put this in my heart this morning. Don't you know in heaven there would be no cell phones? We don't need no emails. We don't need no websites. We don't need this stuff. You know, we're so consumed about these things. We're not going to need them. I don't, I don't think it will. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought about that. And look, you know what? The wonderful news that we have to share the gospel with people. You know what? I know many Christians who use their cell phones and social media to witness to people. They put Bible verses there. They put things about God. What a testimony of God's goodness. Don't lose that, that, that zeal. Don't lose that, that flame. Don't lose that, that, that excitement of knowing God, of communing with Him, of talking to Him every day, of singing songs to Him. You know, the, a message proclaimed by the shepherds can be the same message. Well, it's the same message that we can proclaim to the world. You know, once they got there, they saw with their very eyes God's fulfilled promise to the human race. They saw a message of hope. They saw a message of, with, of power that can transform people's lives. They saw all that in a person of the Lord Jesus Christ laying in a manger. Listen, folks, it took faith to believe in a little baby could become the Christ of Calvary. It takes faith. They understood that the baby was the promised Messiah. They understood that the baby was the hope for them and for mankind. Folks, they left that place with their hearts full of joy. And it was a joy which caused them to go out and proclaim the wonderful things that God was doing. The Bible tells us that they went abroad telling everybody. Listen, you know, they came running. They left with anticipation. They told everybody, hey, listen, listen, listen Jesus was born over there. You got to go see it. You know, you know, the Messiah just came. You got to go over there. Can you imagine knocking on everybody's door? He said, oh, you out of your mind. I ain't going to knock on people's doors. I tell you what, this is the time of the year on which people are more soft. Oh, this is Christmas. Listen, if God puts in your heart to tell somebody about Jesus, tell them. Tell them. Don't you glad somebody told you? Listen, it's not a secret. It is a wonderful message. You follow that? The message of the gospel is a message that changes lives. It changed my life. I'll tell you why. You know how I was before I got saved? That was life. Me, myself, and I. That was about me. I didn't care about anybody but myself. And I was proud of it too. God changes that. God just changes the drunker. God changes the uh, drug addict. God changes this person, that person, that person. God changes people. You know, because there is power in the gospel. Let it be. 
a message proclaimed by a Samaritan woman. Go to John chapter 4 verse 28. You see, this message then just stayed in Bethlehem. This message traveled. And of course, this is Jesus is already in, in his ministry. But in John chapter 4 verse 28, it says, The woman then left her water pot and went away into the city and said to the men. Woman didn't talk to many those days, okay? This woman boldly just went. Come and see a man, another man she talked with, which told me all things that have I did. Is this not the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Now, why they came out of the city and went see Jesus? Because somebody told them with great anticipation. I say, you know what? I just saw this man at the water well right there. I don't know about this guy. He's, he's really weird. No. She went and told him with great anticipation. She created a thirst in their hearts and minds that caused them to go see him. Listen, don't talk about your church like, oh, it's doomsday. Don't talk about Jesus like he's still in the grave. Don't talk. No, we talk about Jesus is alive. And we celebrate Christmas because he lives. All right? Okay, we all know about the story of the woman in the well. We know that story. We all know about the conversion that Jesus had with this woman. Jesus told her the truth, and she accepted that truth. Now, the interesting thing here about the story is that what this woman does next, she becomes a missionary not knowing much. She goes and invites people, not even know probably even one verse out of the Bible. But she goes. Why she goes to town with such a hurry? You know why? She had a message to give. She had a truth to be revealed. She had a savior to proclaim. This woman knew that she had, she had what she had received and she understood. And she said, you know, i got to tell others. That's the message of Christmas, folks. You follow that? All right. If you are uh, kids here or kids online, just cover your ears for about a second, okay? Cover your ears because I'm going to do something... Maybe your mom and dad might want to teach you that, okay? You ready? You ready? Christmas is not about Santa Claus. Okay? That's a lie. You know, but we tell the kids all the time, Christmas is about Jesus. You can open your ears now. Okay. <laughs> all right. My third point. Let us see. A message proclaimed. Proclaim uh, by simple woman. Let's go to our text again. Matthew 28, 7. And go quickly and tell this, tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before, uh, before you unto Galilee. There shall be, thou shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy. And they ran, they run to bring his disciples word. Early Easter morning, Sunday morning, this, this woman came to the tomb where Jesus laid. The Sabbath was over, and they were going to take care of the body of Jesus, believing that Jesus died. So when they went to the tomb, they were not looking for a living Jesus. They were looking for a dead Jesus. These ladies received the greatest news ever told to mankind. He is not here, for he is risen. Go quickly, go quickly and tell his disciples. Folks, may I remind you, that the baby Jesus of Bethlehem is the same Jesus of Calvary. May I remind you that the baby Jesus of Bethlehem came to fulfill a promise made by God. 
but the Christ of Calvary left us with a message to the world. He's not here. He is risen. We were were left with a message of hope to the human heart. We were left with a message that is worth telling and worth sharing. We were left with a message that had the power to transform your life and my life. Folks, the message is still the same today. The message that you and I have is to be taken to a world that desperately needs Jesus. All right. You know what our politics need? Jesus. Right? You know what our first responders need? Jesus. You know what our neighbors need? Jesus. You know what our co-workers need? Jesus. You know what our family members and our saved need? Jesus. You know what this world needs? Jesus. That's what they need. Because if something is going to transform this world for the better, it's Jesus, not us. Look at the greed that goes on in our world. Why? Because people don't see the goodness of God. The angel told the woman at the tomb to go quickly and tell the news of Jesus' resurrection. Because let me tell you folks, why they went with joy. Let me tell you, at that moment, maybe, maybe they probably didn't think about it. But let me tell you, if Jesus never rose from the dead, we, won't, we wouldn't be here celebrating Christmas today. We probably wouldn't be here at all. We probably would never met each other either. But the holy reason that we're here, the, holy re- the whole reason that we worship the Lord, the whole reason that we, we have service and everything, because we believe that Jesus is alive. We believe that he's our Savior. We believe that he's our Emmanuel. We believe that. We are the children of the living God. So we have a message to share this Christmas. Number two, we have a joy to experience this Christmas. Look at verse 28. It says, And, and, uh, and, they, depart, and, they, and they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy. Those ladies left the tomb with great joy, and when they met the risen Christ on their way on the way uh, on the way home. So the greatest uh, the the what do I wrote here? I don't even know. Oh, uh, <laughs> the the greatest words right here is joy. They were full with joy. Why? Because their Savior was alive, folks. We have all the reasons in the world to rejoice this Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas for what it is. Now, for what society pictures it to be, you will experience joy and gratitude of this Christmas. Listen, you don't have to be rich to celebrate Christmas. Because think about it, you're celebrating Jesus, not you. You don't have to have everything under the world and a Christmas tree and prayer. You don't have to have nothing of that. If you have, good for you. Because we celebrate Jesus. Christmas is not about the presents. Christmas is not about... Christmas is not about buying and getting presents. Christmas is not about traditions. Christmas is about Jesus. And we celebrate His birth. Oh, but pastor, there's all kinds of things that have nothing to do with Christmas. Okay? Don't hang on that stuff, okay? All right. When is your birthday? Not some years have all kinds of things uh, that people put up, decorate the house for your birthday? Does that stuff have anything to do with your birthday? You probably were in the hospital somewhere. You follow what I'm saying here? People are hang up on all kinds of things. All right, take all that aside. Celebrate Jesus. 
Those women left the tomb with great joy because they knew that the Savior was alive. They knew that their Savior rose from the dead. That was great news to tell his disciples. You know what? If they came out of the tomb and say, yeah, we, we made sure the, the body was right, made sure the tomb is sealed, everything is good, Jesus is dead. Was there joy on that? Sorrow, not joy. The reason for their joy is because he was alive. That's the reason for their joy. All right? Some people celebrate the Jesus of religion this time of the year. Some people celebrate a Jesus that only exists in their own minds this time of the year. Some people celebrate a Jesus of tradition this time of the year. Folks, we don't have such a thing. We celebrate the Jesus of the Bible, a living God, the one who came to save the people from their sin. We do with the, with, because we experience the joy of salvation. We had, and we still do. So number one, we see we have a great message to share this Christmas. Number two, we have a joy to experience this Christmas. Number three, we have a peace and confidence to experience this Christmas. And the angel answered, verse 5, and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. Matthew 28, 5. The angel tells the woman at the tomb not to fear. At this Admonition is repeated by himself by Jesus himself in Matthew 28:10. Jesus in Matthew 28:10, and Jesus said unto him, unto him, Be not afraid. Go and tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and they shall they see me. Folks, we need to keep in mind that we are not like everybody else. We are different. We are new creatures. We are born-again believers. We are the children of the living God. We are the children of a great king. Folks, if, if we will never say that, that this with an arrogant way. I hope you don't. Because we know that we are what we are because of the grace of God. I'm not saying, hey, look, I'm a born-again Christian. Look at you, you loser. No, 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 no. It's by the grace of God that actually I'm saved. I don't deserve salvation. Christmas for the, for the, for the Christian should be a time of great celebration. But pastor, you don't understand. This thing happened to me. This thing happened to me. This thing happened to me. Yes. But remember, Christmas, it might not be an external joy, but it can be an inner joy. A joy that is in the heart that nobody can understand. Only God puts it there. You know what? I remember the pain. I remember the things I went through. But in my heart, there's an inner joy because I know that I'm celebrating my Savior's birth. You follow that? You can have joy and cry at the same time. The world says, that's impossible. No, 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 it is possible. It is possible. Isn't Apostle Paul in prison says, and my joy may, no, Jesus said, my joy may be full. It's an inner joy that only God gives us. Letter A, we see the peace that passes understanding. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Folks, you and I may not have much to give, uh, uh, to give or to receive this Christmas, but you and I can have peace that passes all understanding. By the way, when you receive Jesus as your Savior, you know what you have done? You have made peace with God. And now you have the peace of God in your heart. You follow that? We have made peace with God, and now we have the peace of God in our hearts that can conquer mountains. We can go and go and go. 
The world cannot give you this type of peace. Only God can give you. Listen, folks, number one, a peace that will sustain you during troubled times. Psalm 9, verse 9 says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in time of trouble. And verse 10 says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. Trouble times is very common in everybody's life. Everybody faces troubles from time to time. You may be facing trouble right now as I'm speaking to you. But let me tell you. But the blessing of us Christians is that you don't have to face your trouble all alone. Let God be in it. God, our Creator and Savior, is our refuge in time of trouble. You know, how many times you've been like this? You went through, you, something is in your life, you call this friend, you call that friend, you call this family member, that family member, you call a Christian friend, blah, blah, blah. and at the end of the day, you go to bed and you still, your heart's still aching. Ever been there? And we forgot, like, man, the first thing I should have went was to the Lord. I went to everybody else. Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes there's things in our life that only God can give us that peace. When we just pour our heart to Him and say, Lord, this is why I am right now. I, and God just give us that peace. And we feel that load just come out. It's a peace that will sustain us in through hard times. And folks, all of us go through hard times. All of us. And if you now said, I'm not going through hard times, just hang in there. Because it just might come. Number three, a peace that will sustain you in loneliness of hearts. Go to Psalm chapter 102, verse 6 and 7. I think you might want to read this and get, take note of this. Did I give you peace? Uh, uh, point, point number two is peace that will sustain you in hard times. And uh, number one, peace that will sustain you in troubled times. I am sorry. They're very similar. But this one right here, peace that will sustain you in loneliness of heart. Look what it says in Psalm 102, verse 6. I am like a pelican of the wilderness. You ever see a pelican? I am like a, a owl of the desert. I watch and I am as a sparrow alone upon the housetop. You see the loneliness of the psalmist here? Living alone and living lonely are two different things, folks. Some people live alone and are very happy and joyful and like it. Some people live among many people and are very lonely at heart. You follow that? You ever heard that? I am so lonely. I'm like, yeah, you have 20 people in your house. I'm still lonely. See, there are two, these two verses in the book of Psalm reveals the condition of a lonely heart. David was experiencing so much loneliness that he kept his heart to pelicans in the wilderness, wilds in the desert, and sparrow on the housetop. Is that you this morning? Is that the condition of your heart this morning? If it is, let me remind you that you don't have to feel that way. Why? Because you have a God that loves you and cares about you so much that He doesn't want you to feel that way. You have the Spirit of God in you and can help you to overcome loneliness. Not just that. Okay? You have a church family that loves you too. Reach out. Talk about it. Loneliness can be very heavy on people. Why don't you place your loneliness with peace and joy gratitude this Christmas. Folks, I'm not naive, all right? There's many people that will spend Christmas alone. 
We need to pray for those people. Because many people won't have nobody to give a gift to or nobody to receive a gift from. Pray for those people. Maybe you reach out to them. Go give them a gift if you have to. Number five, peace that will sustain you in discouragement. First Samuel chapter 30 verse 6 says, And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his son and for his daughter. But David, look what it says, encouraged himself in the Lord is God. Listen, folks, if you are saved here this morning, the God of David is the same God that you worship. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Read His Word. Spend time with Him. Sing to Him. Make Him useful in your life. You know what? Make Him part of your life every day. Talk to Him. Oh, Lord, that person was cut me off in the highway. Oh, Lord, oh, thank you for uh, getting me attention on that red light so I didn't pass that red You know, make Him part of your life. You don't think He's listening to? Yes, He is. Folks, in this season... We need to understand because a lot of people will be very discouraged this Christmas. You know, actually, sad to say, this is the time of the year on which most suicides happen. Because people are totally discouraged and beaten down. But we don't have to be that way. We have, we can encourage ourselves in the Lord. You know, sometimes a good quiet time with the Bible open does great to the mind and to the heart. We have, we're so antsy. We're so going all over the place. Sometimes the Lord just says, be still, child. Be still. Sit down. Open my word. Read it. And you get to the end of the chapter, go back again. Read it. But I already read it one time. Read it again, child. Read it one more time, child. Be still. A lot of times that's what it takes to calm the of our heart. We live in a very fast-paced world which have nothing to do with God. You follow that? Remember, we don't belong here. We belong with the Lord. We are the bride of Christ. But He put us here. May we not let the affairs of this world torment our minds. Number four, we have worship to offer this Christmas. I'm almost done, okay? Look at verse 9. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, O hail, and they came and held him by his feet. And look what it says. And worshipped him. Worshipped him. Listen, folks, Christmas is a time of great festivities among many people, families, friends, co-workers, neighbors, get together and celebrate Christmas with all, all kinds of, of Christmas parties and stuff. Listen, nothing wrong with that. Now, festivities at Christmas parties are good. Don't get me wrong. If they are done in a good, godly, biblical way. I tell you, I'm sorry, but drunkenness is not part of Christmas. Wild parties are not part of Christmas. All right? What well, can't say about drugs and I can go on and on. They're not part of Christmas. Christmas is a godly celebration. Listen, don't try to be like the world. Be a Christian this Christmas. Because think about it. What we're celebrating is Jesus, not everybody else. 
It's a celebration. It's the birthday of our king. I'll tell you why. You know, my, my workplace is all kinds of stuff. They go get the booze. They go get this. They go get that. I'll say, thank you. I appreciate it for the invitation. But I, I'm not going. I have things to do. Because nothing wrong with celebration, but it's not about that stuff. Listen, folks, the world always going to, going to celebrate some type of a Jesus. Follow that? He's going to celebrate some type of a Jesus, but not the Jesus of the Bible. Because it's clear the way we should, we should worship him. It's clear the way we should, we should celebrate him. It's very clear. Don't bring the world into the church. The church is a house of prayer. It's the house of the living God. You should never do that. I'm sorry, as long as I'm a pastor, it's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. So, the angels praise him with songs, and the shepherds witnessed that. The shepherds left their sheep and came to, from the hills and worshipped the baby. The magi came and offered gifts and worship. What those men did was recognize that Jesus was the Lord, the King of kings, the promised Messiah that would come to die for the sin of mankind. Yes, Christmas is a time of great celebration because we are celebrating the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But Christmas is also a time of worship. And let me tell you, don't let me go on social drinking either. Because from social drinking comes drunkenness. All right. My dad is in heaven with the Lord today. My dad didn't, didn't wake up drunk or became a drunk overnight. You know what happened was a progressive thing. I saw it with my own eyes. So did my uncles. It was a progressive thing. A little today, a little tomorrow, more and more and more and more because what you, that's what your body asks. When you get up in the morning, the first thing you want is alcohol. You are in trouble. And Christmas has nothing to do with that. Celebrate Christmas with a bottle of water in the name of Jesus, not with alcohol. Yes, Christmas is a time of great celebration because we are celebrating our King, our Savior, our great Jehovah. Folks, we Christians have a great privilege. Listen, it is a privilege with a humble, contrite heart to be able to bow the knee and worship our living God. God that is God, a God that is not made of stone or wood or any other dead substance is a living God. And we worship Him in spirit and in truth. So when we come to the to that house of God, we meet this place we meet, you know what? Come to worship. Listen, fellowship is good, right? Fellowship is great. See each other is great. Talking, you know, all that. But always come ready to participate. Worship the Lord, to sing. I'm not a good singer. Sing! I can't even, uh, I'm so out of tune. Sing! Praise the Lord with whatever God gives you, whatever voice He gives you. Praise Him. Lift off your voice to Him because everything we do here is for the audience of one. To God be the glory. Not to us. Listen, the church is now, what can I get out of it? It's what can I give? I'm participating with God's people. I want to give my all as I worship my Lord and my Savior for what He has done for me. 
The ladies who left that tomb that first Easter morning prostrate themselves before Jesus and worship the risen Savior. Uh, verse 9 of chapter of Matthew 28. We do not have to settle for worshiping Christ on holidays only or holy days. We can worship the Lord every single day. Listen, if you don't listen nothing to this message, listen to this please, okay? Start your day with God. Close your day with God. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, I'm still alive. Thank you, Lord, that you are part of this beautiful day. Rain, shine, cold, hot, doesn't matter what it is. Lord, guide me through this day. Help me be a blessing to you and to others. You know, and the end of the day, Lord, thank you that I have a place to sleep no matter where you're sleeping. Thank you that I was part of this day. Lord, you're so good to me. You love me so much. You protect me to this day. I didn't die. I'm still here. Lord, give me a good night of sleep. Let me rest in you. And if I woke up in the morning, Lord, I want to serve you again. You see that? My last point. We have a family to embrace this Christmas. Matthew 28, 10, it says, and, he said, and Jesus said unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and they shall see, they see me. Jesus let the woman know that he will be in the midst of his disciples when he, that choose, uh, when he choose to call them brethren. In marvelous condescension here, Jesus allowed us to be joined ears with himself, Romans eight seventeen. There is a marvelous uh, fraternity among the people of God. What a family, what a savior, what a father. Folks, those of us who are saved here this morning are part of a great family. Which family? The family of God. Go, let's say verse 10, go tell my brethren. Now, if they are brethren, then obviously they are part of a family. We are part of the family of God. So when we come to the house of God, if you are a child of God, you come to be with your brothers and sisters. So we greet each other with joy and gladness of hearts. Because we all live in different places in this world amongst people who don't know the, the Savior. So when we see each other, we greet each other. Listen, I, I, I preach to many churches and you are walking to church. You can tell a Christian by when he opens his mouth. You can tell. And what do you do? You're not part of the church that I have. No. You greet them. He's saying, how you doing, brother? How you doing, sister? You know? It's wonderful. You know, because we are part of this wonderful, great family. God's family. Aren't you glad you're part of God's family? Amen. Celebrating our king. His birthday. Celebrating our great God's birthday. Emmanuel, God with us. Listen, folks. I conclude with this. Christmas is about Jesus. Not about you not about me. He is the centerpiece of Christmas. Without Jesus, there's no Christmas. I don't care what the world says. They can't celebrate Santa Claus as much as they want. It's not about Santa Claus, it's about Jesus. Right. Right. You know, I didn't met Santa Claus until I came to America, to be honest with you. Because when I live in Portugal, I never heard of the guy. <laughs> I am not kidding. Maybe they do now, but when I was there as a kid, it was all just about Jesus. You know, we went, we went to church, we got the, the, we got the gifts the same way, but it was all about you. When I came to America, I'm like, who is this guy? 
Then he became very popular. You know, now he's popular everywhere. I guess he's flying a reindeer. Eh? <laughs> oh, goodness. But anyway, Christmas is about Jesus, not about us. He is the centerpiece of Christmas. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, for this time of the year. It is a celebration, Lord. A whole month. At least for me it is. It starts in December 1st. It goes all the way to December 31st. Celebrating you as my King, as my Savior, as my Emmanuel. And I pray, Father, for every Christian here that they feel the same way. May we not sweat about Christmas, about what present to buy, what this to buy, what things to do. May we take every day with joy and gratitude of heart. And Lord, and leave the results to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please. We're going to sing a song of invitation. Page 326. 326. I will get this on time. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's turn our eyes upon Jesus this morning, this Christmas time. What a wonderful time to just meditate on the Lord. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. Delightful, look at the Savior, and life more abounded and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in its wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. All right. Are you struggling with Christmas time? With gift by Uncle, Uncle Joe and Uncle John and uh, Aunt Maria? Are you struggling with that? Or should I give this? Should I give that? What is Christmas about? Celebration. Let's celebrate Jesus this Christmas. If you go to a store, say, Merry Christmas. I mean it, not just, oh, Merry. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And if they say have a good one, so let it be. But just express that, Merry Christmas. Because it's a celebration. Let's celebrate Jesus. He is worthy of our words, our attitude. In a workplace. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Well, Christmas time is not until the 25th. It's December. It's Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Tell your folks. Let Jesus be God this Christmas to you. Are you saved here this morning? Or are you online? Did you ever receive Jesus as your personal Savior? The Bible says... Salvation is an unspeakable gift of God. 
Why don't you confess your sins to the Lord this morning? Tell Him how bad you've been. Confess your sin. Ask Him for forgiveness. Invite Him into your heart. God will do that to you if you ask and do that with a genuine heart. Christians, it's Christmas time. Time of celebration. You have a church home? You want to make East Bay Baptist Church part of your church? We're strange in here, you know. We, pre we preach for the KJV Bible. We sing hymns of faith. And we preach the Bible. <laughs> That's what we do. We preach the Bible. We don't tell stories. We preach God's Word. That's what God calls preachers to do, to preach His Word. In season, out of season, you know. Let's continue doing that, right? Let's sing one more verse. It's our last verse this morning. Through death unto life everlasting, He passed and we follow Him there. Over us and no more and dominion for more than upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory I can say is God is good. God is so good to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. We don't deserve your love. We don't deserve your mercy. We don't deserve your grace. But you love us, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the free salvation. Thank you that you came so we could receive that wonderful gift, that unspeakable gift. Lord, may we never never cool down. May we never lose the zeal and enthusiasm to know you and to live for you. Help us, Lord, each day we live in a very tempting, trying, discouraging world. May we find encouragement in you as did David when he was discouraged. In Jesus' name I pray.